Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we're going to be breaking down the Wednesday night slate of DFS college basketball that is available on DraftKings at 6.30 Eastern Time. we got a nice little 12-game slate tonight that, honestly, it's not like my favorite group of teams in the world, but, you know, 12-game slate, lots of good teams in action, lots of good players in action, lots of good games to target, so it should be a pretty good one. Um, I'm hoping that you will not notice the effects of this, but my voice is like gone this morning. I'm trying my best to get through this. So I mentioned on the podcast here before, but I am a high school football and basketball coach. And so last night we actually had an away game that did not end until 11 p.m. Um, we won, fortunately. But, you know, it made for a late night because we still had to drive the bus back to school, had to drive home. And then, you know, a lot of yelling involved with a, a close road game. So um, hoping that my voice will be able to make it through this, hoping that I'll be able to stay awake through this, but still here getting out the content to y'all, getting the picks out. Um, hopefully, it'll be a good one. Last night's slate was very dependent on late-breaking injury news. Um, you know, Eddie Lampkin Jr. at TCU getting declared out, and Xavier Cork having a nice little game, and then um, Cam Brown of Missouri getting declared out, and Isaiah Mosley having a nice little game. So, you know, when you're doing DFS college basketball, I'm going to give this disclaimer now. Pay attention to the late-breaking injury news. Sometimes it's going to open up spots for guys that are going to give you a lot of sour relief so that you can spend elsewhere in your lineup. And in the contest that I played, both of those guys were in the lineup. There was a few other 3K guys that were in there, and that allowed them to pay up for Armando Beca and Oscar Sheboy in the same lineup, which I thought was kind of wild, but it ended up working out because of all the uh, all the guys that got to play due to injury. So um, when you're playing DFS college basketball, look out for injuries. That's the moral of that story. Anyway. Enough with the introduction. Um, if you do want my full DFS picks, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks, and follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. Uh, I drop some extra stats and facts that I don't always get to here on the show, and I'm more than happy to answer any start, sit, or lineup questions on there. And lastly, if you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please rate and subscribe. We are now on Apple Podcasts, so you can now write a review. A good review would be appreciated. If you have been a long-time or short-time listener, I do appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, that, that covers the introduction. Let's go ahead and start breaking down this slate. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. All right, so looking at this 12-game slate, there are a few games that we do want to go out of our way to target. Uh, the first one that I do want to target is Xavier at UConn. Xavier is currently 14th in the nation in tempo, according to Ken Palm. And this game has an over-under of 152 points, which is the highest of the slate. I've actually seen it higher at other sports books, um, but it's kind of being bet down to about this number, 152, um, when you look at the average of what's available all over the place. Um, the other game we do want to target is St. John's at Creighton. Uh, this is a big tempo up spot for Creighton. St. John's is second in the nation in tempo, according to Ken Palm. Creighton is implied to score 80 points in this game. They are nine-point favorites, so the total is 151. Uh, aside from those two games, I do think it's worthwhile to mention that Alabama is fourth in the nation in tempo, according to Ken Palm. They are implied 76 points in this one, and they are 13-point favorites against Mississippi State. So that game has some serious blowout potential, in my opinion. And then Wake at Pitt is the only game where both teams are implied 73 or more points, which makes sense. Neither of these teams really like blow you away in terms of their tempo rating, but both of them score a lot of points and give up a lot of points. Both of their, these teams, Wake and Pitt, average games that are in the 140s when you look at their averages. So um, definitely a spot there that we can get exposure to as well. Like I said, 12-game slate, so like you're not going to be able to play a guy from every game. So pick and choose these spots that you want to get guys from. And looking at a lot of winning lineups recently, 
a lot of winning lineups have not really had team stacks, y'all. It's been like a lot of, okay, this game's going to go crazy. Let me get one guy on each side of it that's going to go off and then go from there. That That's kind of how I've seen a lot of winning lineups be correlated lately as opposed to getting two or three guys from the same team. Just kind of uh, a trend that I'm noticing looking at the top of the board on DraftKings at the end every night. All right, so now let's break down the guard position. So for the high-priced guards, Xavier, we've got kind of the um, the this or that with Xavier right now in Daily Fantasy. So Sui Boom and Colby Jones are both solid players, right? But they're not exactly on a good stretch. Neither of them have hit four times value for their current salaries in either of their last two. We've talked here on the podcast before in DFS college basketball, four times value is at least what you want from every everybody on your team if you want to have a successful night. So they haven't hit that in either of their last two games. The usage in those two games has kind of shifted to Xavier's bigs. More on that in a little bit later. Uh, and then this is a rematch against UConn tonight with this Xavier-UConn game. In their first meeting, Boom only had 23 fantasy points. Jones had 31.5 fantasy points. And if you're thinking, oh, maybe it's because UConn shut Xavier down. Not really. Xavier scored 83 points in that matchup. So you're looking at a rematch in which neither of these guys were very successful. And the team was successful. And they haven't been successful in their last two games. I'm fine passing on Boom and Jones tonight. Like I said, I know that these two are great players. Like, they're really fun to watch. They're The way they play together is pretty cool. But I just it's just a pass for me tonight at the top of the board with these two guys. Now, Bryce Hopkins of Providence has been in between four and five times value in his last three games for Providence. He is routinely one of the more popular players in DFS because he gets dual eligibility on DraftKings. He can play at guard or forward. Providence are nine-and-a-half-point favorites in this game tonight, and he averages 38 fantasy points in games where his team wins by 14 or less. So if you think this game stays, you know, fairly close, then 38 fantasy points, we'll take that out of Bryce Hopkins. In the games that he has played in that Providence loses, Bryce Hopkins only averages 34.5 fantasy points. So if you think that this is a close game or a loss, you're not in bad shape with Bryce Hopkins, honestly. Marcus Sasser of Houston is a great player. He, he should be in the National Player of the Year conversation as good as Houston has been. But this game tonight is going to be a total rock fight between Houston and UCF. The total is 126, and Houston has only implied 67 points. Um, that's below their average, believe it or not. Houston's a slow team, but they do tend to you know run it up off offensively on weaker teams. So that's lower than their average pretty significantly, actually. And Marcus Sasser, this is important to know, does not have a game over 31 fantasy points when Houston does not get to 70 real points. So um, if you're banking on Marcus Sasser tonight, you're going to hope that this game somehow ends up being a bigger total than 126, and you're going to kind of hope on Houston maybe blowing them out or maybe just scoring a lot of points. And I just don't see it. I'm fine passing on Marcus Sasser tonight. Tyree Appleby of Wake Forest is a guy who is very correlated with Wake's total points. When Wake scores a lot of points, Appleby scores a lot of points, and this shapes up pretty well for him. In this game, Wake is implied 73 points at Pitt. Speaking of Pitt, Jamarius Burton of Pitt is a guy that I played a few times this season, but right now he's at a price that I am not willing to pay. He's only been at four times value for his current salary five times all season, and he hasn't hit over five times value at all for this current price. The counter-argument is this is a solid game to stack, and it's projected to be pretty close. And it's two teams that don't really play a whole lot of defense. So if you want to get a piece of this Wake Pitt game, I could see doing it with Jamarius Burton. But like I said, the high price tag that he's getting tonight worries me a lot, and I'm fine skipping him as well. 
Creighton's Baylor Shireman is the cheapest price that he has been since November. In a tempo up game, he's worth a look, especially if you were stacking this Creighton offense. Maryland's Jameer Young has been over four times value in five straight games, but it's going to be an absolute rock fight against Wisconsin. One of those games I'll be totally fine avoiding, just outright altogether. Uh, in their last game against the Badgers, this is a rematch, Jameer Young had 27.5 fantasy points, which is not bad. That's not going to cut it over somebody's salary. So that's pretty much all the guards over 8K that I found interesting enough to talk about. Honestly, this is a night where I would consider paying up at the forward position. I think Tyree Appleby is a pretty good look, you know, especially if you want a game stack wake and pit. But there's a, just a lot of options here that I'm concerned about their potential to hit four and five times value. So I'm fine spending up with my salary elsewhere at the forward position, which we are going to talk about. But let's keep talking about the guards. So looking at the 7K range, Georgia's Terry Roberts has a lot of upside, but it's a tough matchup against Tennessee. Taylor Cooper of Minnesota draws a positive tempo up matchup against Indiana, and he's flashed a ceiling of 40 fantasy points, and he's at four times value seven times so far this season. Indiana also gave up 26 points, and I believe it was three assists to Terrence Shannon a week ago, so we know that guards can have their way with this Indiana defense. So I actually think Taylon Cooper is in a pretty good spot, but my favorite play in this range is Cameron Hildreth of Wake. He's hit four times value in five straight games. In three of those five games, he's hit five times value. And Pitt has been pretty susceptible to guards. This is honestly my favorite stat that I looked up for this episode. These guards have all hit four times value against Pitt in the last three weeks. Darren Green of Florida State, L. Ellis of Louisville, Davon Smith of Georgia Tech, Tyrese Proctor of Duke, Chase Hunter of Clemson, and three guards from Virginia, Clark, Franklin, and Beekman, all hit four times value against Pitt. So this is a team that is struggling to defend the perimeter. This is a team that gives up a lot of points. And if you want to imply, if you want to apply that logic to Tyree Appleby as well, go for it. But you know, Cameron Hildreth, you're getting a little bit of a pay down. I really like Cameron Hildreth of Wake Forest tonight. Looking at the 6K range, Zakai Ziegler of Tennessee is my favorite play in this range. Tennessee is starting to run their offense through the little man, and it is doing wonders for um, their offense in general. They've been pretty prolific these past two games, and it's doing wonders for Zakai Ziegler's fantasy production. He has back-to-back games of 39.5 and 43 fantasy points. And it's not like these games were blowouts either. They were solid wins. One of them was by 11 points. One of them was by 19 points. I do expect them to win easily tonight against Georgia. So I think the form will be the same, and I think it's going to run through Zakai Ziegler. Now for the Creighton guards, Trey Alexander and Ryan Nemhart are both very playable, and they're actually very stackable as well. They've hit four times value together in the same game, five times this season. And in just about all those games, Creighton got to 80 points. I say just about all because in the ones that they did not, they got extra minutes. They played overtime in, in the other game that they reached four times value together. So um, like I said earlier, Creighton implied 80 points tonight. So this is a pretty good spot for Trey Alexander and Ryan Nemhart. Even if you don't want to pay up for Baylor Shireman, I'm fine with paying for these two guys here in the 6K range. The 5K range has a lot of very average plays in this range, in my opinion. Like, there's a lot of guys in here that can get you that four times value that will just not sink your lineup, and, and they're pretty consistent as well. Dylan Adewadu of St. John's is one of them. Greg Elliott and Nike Sabande of Pitt are two of them. And Jaden Taylor of Butler is another one as well. But to be my favorite play in the range, you got to have a little bit of upside. And I like Adam Kunkel of Xavier. Now, I misspoke last week. I called Jerome Hunter the fifth wheel for Xavier. And 
he's really the sixth wheel because Adam Kunkel is the fifth wheel. He is the guy that starts with Boom and Jones and then the Tan, the Big Man, Fremantle, and Nungie. And Kunkel is kind of a streaky shooter. Feels like he's been at Xavier forever. But when he gets hot, you want to strike while the iron is hot. Like ride, ride Kunkel while he is hot. In his last three games, he's had 34, 23, and 23 fantasy points. He's on a good shooting streak. Xavier's projected to score a lot of points tonight against UConn. I'm fine rolling with Kunkel tonight as one of my favorite plays in the 5K range. Now looking at the 4K range, Jordan Davis of Wisconsin has some upside. In their most recent game, he had 29.5 fantasy points against Northwestern. Wisconsin right now is kind of just a team looking for answers. Like with every Big Ten loss, they're kind of seeing their NCAA tournament hopes just slip slipping away. And they need to try to find some sort of spark, some kind of answer offensively because they're a great defensive team, but they are not a good offensive team in any way. So, you know, 29.5 fantasy points for Jordan Davis against Northwestern. Maybe that's something that can continue. He wasn't the most efficient from the field in that game, but, you know, maybe that's something that can continue. Maybe that's something that they can look to get him more touches and more opportunities moving forward. The last time that they played Maryland, Jordan Davis had 18 fantasy points, which would be about four times value. So um, I kind of like the upside of the recent performance. I kind of like the the floor, the consistency with that recent or with, with the last performance against Maryland, I should say. And so I think that Jordan Davis is in a good spot in this 4K range. Denham Dawson of Nebraska is seeing extended run in his last two games with 19 and 21 fantasy points. And Nebraska guard Emmanuel Bandamel is going to miss the remainder of the season, which should open up more minutes for Denham Dawson. If you think that Alabama blows out Mississippi State, they do have two guys who are blowout kings. That is Javon Quinterly and Rylan Griffin. Quinterly has five performances of 18 or more fantasy points that are all in games decided by 20-plus points, except for the one bonkers game he had against North Carolina that I believe was in quadruple overtime. Rylan Griffin's highest performance was in a game that Bama won by 40. So if you think that this game has blowout potential, Quinterly and Griffin can give you a lot of sour relief. However, banking on a blowout is always a risky proposition in college basketball. Tyam Freeman of UCF has flashed some upside recently. They are dealing with multiple injuries, which has opened up a lot of playing time to him. In his last four games, he has a 38 fantasy point and a 20 fantasy point performance, but it's hard to endorse anybody on UCF tonight because they are going against Houston. You know, I do like the upside of a guy priced below 4,000 that has a 38 fantasy point performance, but playing against Houston is tough. All right, let's take a quick breather. That does it for the guard position. Let's take a quick breather and talk about the forward. So I said this during the guard segment, but I really think this is a good night to pay up for the forward position. And you'll kind of notice as I get through this list, I like a lot more of the value guards, a lot more than I like the value forwards on tonight's slate. So as I'm building my lineups, I'm paying up for one of these forwards. I'm trying to find some value with some of the other forwards. And then at the guard spot, I think that's your place where you can save some salary. Uh, and then maybe you can pay up to get one of the bigger guards at the end. But I definitely want to pay up for one of these high-priced forwards tonight. So let's go ahead and talk about them. Trace Jackson Davis is at the top of the board for the forward position for a good reason. He has three straight games over 52 fantasy points. He's been over 49 fantasy points in five of six games. That is easily going to hit four times value, even with his absurd salary tonight. But... Like, why not? Like, he's been outstanding. He is contributing, scoring, rebounding, assists, blocks. Like, he's just been so good for Indiana lately. Feels like he's been in Indiana forever, but he's finally putting it all together this year and having an outstanding season so far. And I think he really is in 
argument for Big Ten Player of the Year with Zach Eady. I would probably rank him second right now. So, Trace Jackson Davis, great option, super high floor, super high ceiling. He has a game over 60, and I just see no reason to go away from him tonight in this matchup against Minnesota. Brandon Miller and Joel Soriano are both in good spots, and I think that they can both easily give you four times value, but I don't think that they possess the same upside as Trace Jackson Davis, even with Jackson Davis's inflated price. So, to me, the leverage in play in these guys would be if you think that everybody's going to play Trace Jackson Davis, then you can play Brandon Miller and Joel Soriano and get a lot of leverage on the field. However, my thing is, like, Trace Jackson Davis isn't priced at a point where everybody's just going to go, oh, Trace Jackson Davis, boom. What's going to happen is he's so expensive that people are going to start building their lineups, and if they're going to start it with them, they're going to be like, oh, dang, I kind of don't like where this puts me. I need to pay down a little bit. And so they're going to look to play some lower-priced forwards. So I don't think the ownership is going to be crazy on Trace Jackson Davis. If you see something that indicates that it is going to be crazy, you know, gaining that little extra savings and going with Brandon Miller and Joel Soriano isn't a bad idea at all. Brandon Miller is actually playing in a rematch tonight. He had 40 fantasy points the last time they played Mississippi State, which would definitely be four times value for his current salaries. That's not a bad spot at all. Now, remember what I said about Xavier's guards being down lately? Well, Nunji and Fremantle have taken on more scoring with the guards being down, and they've been really good. In the last five games, Nunji has hit four times value three times out of five, and Fremantle has hit four times value three times out of five. However, in that same span, Fremantle has hit six times value twice in those five games. So with these two guys, they are not exactly stackable either. They've only hit four times value together once all season. So you kind of have to pick and choose which one you want. You, you can't just really just plug in both of them and expect a big game. Now, the last time that they did play UConn, Fremantle had 45.8. UConn, or Nunji, had 26.3. So I'm definitely more inclined to pick Fremantle between the two of them, given the upside. Like I said, he's hit six times value twice in the last five, and given that he was better against UConn in the first game. So I'm more inclined to pick Fremantle. If you think it flips the other way, maybe you want to play you know, a little bit of leverage on the people that are going to play Fremantle, you can definitely play Nunji. I wouldn't play both of them together, though. Ryan Kalkbrenner of Creighton is in a good spot as well. St. John's really struggles to defend bigs. Olivier Maxence Prosper of Marquette had 29 points and 7 rebounds against them. Adama Sanogo of UConn recently had 14 points and 10 rebounds against them. I just think this is a good spot for Kalkbrenner. I think the Creighton offense in general is in a good spot, and I have no problem paying up for Ryan Kalkbrenner tonight. Now in the 7K range. Blake Henson of Pitt is a solid choice. We've seen Wake having trouble defending some scoring forwards this season, like K.J. Williams of LSU. Uh, Virginia, Ben Vanderplas did not have a bad game at all against them last week. Um, I just think that if you're going to attack this Wake Forest defense, the interior is the way to do it, and I think that Blake Henson is a guy who can effectively do that tonight. Now, one guy that is worth talking about, this is the cheapest you will ever find Tyler Wall of Wisconsin. He's kind of been disappointing a little bit as of lately. Um, and this Wisconsin offense, like I mentioned earlier, has been disappointing as of lately. Now, the last time that they played Maryland, Tyler Wall only had 24 fantasy points in 29 minutes. But if you want to be early to the party on Tyler Wall's turnaround and you want to kind of you know get him while he's cheap right now, then it's a great time to do it. Like Maryland is not a great defensive team. And this is the lowest you will see Tyler Wall priced all season, probably. So I don't mind it, but it, it's not a play that's based on 
recent numerical data, it's a play based on trusting the talent, trusting that Wisconsin is going to have to go through him to win games. Andrew Carr of Wake Forest. I always want to call him Austin Carr, like the old Cleveland Cavalier. But anyway, Andrew Carr of Wake Forest has been over five times value in three of his last four games. And that's pretty good. Like, I think this Wake Pitt game could really be one to target. I think that, you know, playing Carr, you can play Hildreth, you can play Henson. There's just a lot of guys in this game that are solid options. And I definitely want to be getting some exposure to this Wake Pitt game. Now, in the 6K range, there's not a whole lot that intrigues me here, if I'm being honest. However, there are two guys that are playing in rematches tonight who had really good performances against their opponent the first time they played them. Dante Scott of Maryland had a 32.5 fantasy point performance against Wisconsin the first time around. And DJ Jeffries of Mississippi State had a 37.3 fantasy point performance against Alabama the first time around. Also in this range is the UConn bigs, Donovan Klingon and Alex Caravan. Klingon is like the ultimate GPP play. He plays less than 20 minutes pretty much every game, and sometimes he puts up a big-time double-double. Sometimes he puts up a four and two and three fouls and goes right back to the bench. You never know what's going to happen, which makes him a great GPP play. Alex Caravan's a little bit more consistent, and he did not have a terrible performance against Xavier last time around. Uh, in that game, Caravan had uh, – actually, never mind. It was not a good performance. He had 14.8 in that game. Yeah, I had the wrong note on Caravan. Not a good performance in that game for Alex Caravan. So those two guys are interesting as GPP plays, but there's not a whole lot else in this 6K range that I'm super interested in. Now, looking down at the 5K range, Robbie Baran, Baron, Biran, Baran. I'm going to go with Baran. Robbie Baran of Northwestern is my favorite play in this range. Nebraska, you know, they've got some season-ending injuries to Emmanuel Bandamel and Juwan Gary. They're really small inside without Jawan Gary. Well, maybe not small, but they're not great at defending the interior without Jawan Gary there. Baron has three five-times performances on the season, uh, and I just think he has the ability to get some upside tonight against this Nebraska front court. Minnesota's Pharrell Payne is an okay play regardless, but if Dawson Garcia sits this game, I think he gets a huge boost. Um, it's not super impressive, but he's been over 14 fantasy points in his last five. So he gives you a little bit of a solid floor. And if Dawson Garcia does sit in this game, then Pharrell Payne is going to get a big minutes and a big usage boost. I don't think that this is the best spot for Minnesota guys going up against Indiana. Um, but, I mean, Indiana is not a slow tempo team. They're a pretty good defensive team, but they're not a slow team. And, you know, like I said, if Dawson Garcia ends up sitting in this game, Pharrell Payne has got some upside. Now, looking at the 4K range and below, it's really tough. There's not a whole lot here, y'all. There's If you want to play these guys, like, being totally honest, you kind of have to try to predict game flow or, you know, kind of play a guy with a floor in mind, like, like to pay for his floor, or with a ceiling in mind where you think that, you know, oh, this guy's had a 30 fantasy point performance before. Maybe he can get to it again. Um, here are my favorite plays in that range, though. Jonas Adu of Tennessee plays really well in blowouts. And their double-digit wins and 20-plus point wins, he's playing really well. Um, and I think that he's a guy that you can look at. And if this game against Georgia does turn into a blowout, he's a guy that's going to get a lot of run. Jerome Hunter of Xavier, the sixth wheel of Xavier, actually probably has the highest floor out of anybody in this range. Probably the most consistency out of anybody in this range. 
He's hit four times value in four straight games and seven out of eight games. He's hit four times value and two of those seven games were five times value. So um, you're looking at a decent option in terms of upside and consistency for Jerome Hunter. Noah Gurley of Alabama is another guy like Jonas Adu who excels when his team wins big. And so I could see that being the case with Alabama tonight against Mississippi State. And then Will McNair Jr. of Mississippi State came out of nowhere and had a 20 fantasy point performance last time out against Florida. In that game, Toulouse Smith, Mississippi State's primary big man, only played 21 minutes and played well and wasn't in foul trouble. So I don't know why they insisted on playing Will McNair so much, but maybe there's something there. Maybe that's something that happens in the future because McNair did play well in that game against Florida and against their big man, Colin Castleton. So I think that this could be a decent spot for Will McNair. And if this game does turn into a blowout, that you know, he can get Toulouse Smith out of there and he can give Will McNair some run. So I think that this is an interesting option, you know, with a little bit of upside at that price tag. Like I said, you're really you're really reaching for reasons to play these guys at the 4K range and below when it comes to the forward position tonight. All right, so that does it for the DFS preview for tonight. If you want to see how I synthesized all that information and started building a lineup out of it, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Also, golf tournament starts today, the Farmers Insurance Open. If you're interested in doing anything for that DFS betting, one and done, check out the podcast feed. Yesterday, we released an episode previewing that golf tournament. Later this week, we will have more college basketball content coming your way, I promise. And also, going to have NFL content coming your way for the conference championship weekend. I'm considering this week, because the Saturday college basketball slate is always a big one. You know, I mentioned earlier that I'm a high school basketball coach. I have a game to coach Friday night. And Saturday, I'm actually going to be on the road. Um, my dad is a University of Dayton graduate. And so we are heading to Dayton to watch them play Richmond. Um, so I'm going to be on the road on Saturday. But I'm considering doing a Friday night preview of the Saturday college basketball slate. So uh, if you're somebody who plays DFS college basketball on Saturdays and you want me to continue doing these late Friday night previews after I coach my basketball game, uh, then please show some support behind that episode. You know, reach out to me on Twitter, um, rate the episode, subscribe to the podcast, um, and you know, listen to that episode because I know that Saturdays are the biggest day for college basketball. It's the hardest day for me to get a preview out because they don't, you know, release the pricing until late in the day on Friday. So I'd have to record an episode late Friday night, which is not the easiest thing to do. So if you want an episode like that, or you want more episodes like that, let me know. And it might be something that I can work into my schedule. Um, so that way I can get more content to you guys. And also, honestly, I find that I do better when I do the research for these podcasts and, you know, use that research for, you know, my own DFS lineup. So maybe it'll help me out as well. Anyway, Stay tuned for that episode Friday night. All right. So that does it for this episode, guys. Best of luck to you guys in all of your DFS endeavors. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the support. I will see you all next time.